Mahomes is greatness. That and more today on the Charlie Jacobs podcast. As I'm recording this, it is Wednesday, February 21st. It's a little bit after the Super Bowl. I know that it's been almost two weeks now, but still, that Super Bowl, I mean, man, that's one of the best Super Bowls of all time, and the Chiefs are a dynasty. Mahomes did it again. His third Super Bowl MVP. This this whole season, there were so many moments, and even in the game, in the Super Bowl, there were moments where the Chiefs seemed to be done. They seemed to be out of it, and Mahomes and the Chiefs found a way, and they won it. Was it just Mahomes? That defense, too. I'm going to get to that soon. But still, just talking about Mahomes. On that last overtime drive, he had two huge runs on fourth down and one. He had a huge read option run. And then a little bit later in that drive, he had a huge run on third down that got him into very close scoring range, which in a couple plays later, they scored the game-winning touchdown. It was electric. They were down most of that game against the Niners, and they still found some way to pull it out and win. Winning back-to-back years hasn't been done since Tom Brady back in the early 2000s and having their third Super Bowl title in five years, they're a dynasty. Not many teams even have three Super Bowls as a whole. Some teams haven't even made the Super Bowl, yet the Chiefs won three Super Bowls in the span of five years, with two of them being back-to-back. They are a dynasty. Mahomes is great. And also, not to mention, they were in four. They were in four out of the five years, and they won three of them. They won the Super Bowl. All the odds were stacked against them. A lot of these advanced metrics with DVOA was saying that the Chiefs had the hardest path to get to the Super Bowl and hardest path to win the Super Bowl. And their percentage chances of actually winning it with who they beat was similar to that. It was actually harder than that of the 2007 Giants who went and beat the undefeated New England Patriots. That's what it's compared to, even though, yes, it's Chiefs and it's a very different scenario, but that's what the advanced stats say this team and this season is compared to. Um, The odds were stacked against them all year, and they somehow just delivered. And I do have to give a huge shout-out to my man, Justin Watson. Three catches for 54 yards in the Super Bowl. Because if you didn't see, I interviewed him this the week of the big game on that Monday before, before the Super Bowl. And his story was incredible. I mean, the draft story still gives me chills when I hear it. It's amazing. But congrats on your third ring if you're listening. And that's it's... I don't know. That Super Bowl was incredible. Uh, yes, Mahomes got the Super Bowl MVP. He has three Super Bowl MVPs. Trent McDuffie was the real Super Bowl MVP in that game. Trent McDuffie was everywhere on the field. I really remember, especially later late in that game, but I even remember early in that game where he had one play where he literally ran the route for Debo Samuel and had a pass breakup. I mean, McDuffie was on his game that whole game, and he was making huge tackles. He had a huge stop late in the game. So it was on the Niners' drive at the end of the fourth quarter where they kicked the field goal to go up 19-16. Uh, to 16. But if they there was a play, it was second and five, and McDuffie on second and five made a play where it was a little yard, little out to Kittle. And Kittle, if McDuffie misses the tackle, probably gets the first down, and then the Niners run the clock out, kick a field goal, and win the game. Um McDuffie tackled Kittle, and Kittle only gave him one yard. And then on the next play, on third and four, 
McDuffie batted down the ball, which Purdy's pass, and I think it was he was passing to Juwan Jennings. But if he completed that pass, it likely would have been a first down. And again, the Niners would have won the game on a game-winning field goal. He forced them to kick a field goal early, and it gave the chance to have the Chiefs drive down and get a field goal, which sent it to overtime. And McDuffie, it was just his second season as a pro, and he made two of the biggest plays in the entire Super Bowl. I mean, if you didn't have some of Mahomes' plays late in the game in overtime, you could say these two plays were the two biggest plays in this Super Bowl. Uh, One thing for the Niners, though, which is huge, is that they lost Dre Greenlaw early in this game. When they lost him, that really changed the game, and it really gave the Chiefs an advantage. So the linebackers of that 49ers defense, yes, you could say there's Nick Bosa, and they have uh, Chase Young, Eric Armstead, and they have Traverius Ward. They have a great defense, a lot of big names, but their linebacking duo of Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw is the core of their defense. It's the heart and soul of that defense. And they might be the best duo in the league. I mean, Roquan Smith, Patrick Queen, that they might be, but it's between these two duos. And in the NFC, this is the best linebacking duo, and Greenlaw was, I think he was playing better than Warner in the playoffs, and Warner still was playing great, but Greenlaw, especially in that Packers game, he had two interceptions, and just in this in these playoffs, Greenlaw was playing the best football of his career, and he looked awesome, and you could tell early, early in the game that Kelsey had nothing, Kelsey was getting nothing, and I think that's attributed to the fact that Greenlaw was on the field, as, with, as was Warner, so... There really wasn't incentive to throw it into the middle of the field where those two linebackers are to Travis Kelsey. And just seeing him pop his Achilles just running onto the field, like it changed the game completely. There's videos of all the players, how they reacted, and it some of it's devastating. Even the Chiefs were kind of saying, How did that happen? And for someone to get injured like that, it's really rare, and it's really a big blow to that Niners team. Uh, his replacement was Oren Burks, and in that game, Oren Burks, he was targeted nine times, he let up nine catches, he let up a touchdown, and he allowed a passer rating of over 130. That was Greenlaw's replacement, and that's a huge reason as to why they lost that game. The Chiefs took advantage of the Niners losing one of their top players, and it is really a huge reason why they came back and won that game. Um... I also do want to say before I move on that Brock Purdy in this game, he did play very well, and I could see him still being the starter there for years to come. There's a huge story right now that Ayuk might not be with the team anymore, and if he's not, then that's huge because, I mean, it's Debo and Ayuk. They're a great receiving core, and losing Ayuk would be huge for them, but we'll see what happens there. And then now the last thing I want to talk about. So the franchise tag deadline just just opened up and I think there's four players who need to be franchise tagged by their teams and if they don't I think it could really change some things in the market whether that's for wide receivers for corners or even for defensive linemen so the first player I think should be franchise tagged is T Higgins so the Bengals they could tag Higgins because they they don't have a fifth-year option with him because he was a second-round pick. He was the very top of the second round, but still, he was a second-round pick. So they could tag him, make sure they keep him, even though if they do tag him, they're going to lose Tyler Boyd for sure, but try to run it back with maybe the last time it's Chase and Higgins together with Burrow, maybe try to go get back to the Super Bowl and win it all. And Higgins, if he doesn't get tagged, he will be a top free agent, and he'll be a huge target for many teams, even with this incoming wide receiver draft class, which I can't wait to talk about in the next few weeks. But 
the Bengals, they really are worse without him. And yes, they might draft a receiver this year. I think they probably will at some point because it's a very loaded receiver class. But still, T. Higgins is a really, really good receiver. And he was huge in them for them in that playoff run back in 2021. The next one I want to talk about is Jalen Johnson for the Bears. The Bears corner was one of the best in the league this past season. If they don't franchise tag him, he's going to get some very high-paying offers in free agency. And he has already said that he's looking for a lot of money. So if they can tag him, because the Bears now, after releasing Cody Whitehair and Eddie Jackson, they do have a lot more cap space, so they could fit Johnson more than they probably could have before. But... Still, they should try to keep him, and if they franchise tag him, they have more of a shot of working out a long-term deal. Jalen Johnson, only 24 years old, and it's probably just better to franchise tag him now so they could work out that long-term deal. The next one is, for the Ravens, Justin Matabuike. I'm saying Matabuike over Patrick Queen. Patrick Queen, he's a very impactful linebacker. He's another candidate for this team, but I think he's a little bit of a less impactful loss for the Ravens defense as a whole because they do have Roquan Smith who I think is the best linebacker in the league and yes Queen was a pro bowler this year but still you do have Roquan on that team. Matabuike he should be kept by the Ravens they should franchise tag him because if he tests the market he will get some very very high offers from many teams around the league because he's a very very good interior defensive lineman and pass rusher He had 13 sacks this past season, and the Ravens, by franchising him, same with Jalen Johnson, and also even same with T. Higgins, possibly, they could maybe work out a long-term deal. So, the last person I want to talk about, and I've already talked about this team a bunch, is for the Chiefs, and I'm not saying Chris Jones, I'm saying Legereus Sneed. Chris Jones could get tagged, but it's very unlikely now because his projected franchise tag would be almost double the regular franchise tag price, and that's because of his 2023 cap number. So this really makes Legereus Sneed, who was a fourth-round pick and who cannot have his fifth-year option or fourth or even fourth-year option because he was picked so late in the draft, um, they need Snead to be tagged. He's one of their defensive stars. He's one of those two corners with him and McDuffie that feel like they should be in Kansas City for as long as the Chiefs can keep them there. And Snead already has two Super Bowl rings. And yes, he already has these two rings, so he may want to seek a big contract, but he is a foundational part of this Chiefs' young defensive core. And the whole team as a whole is just very young. And I think the Chiefs are... It's just crazy to think that the Chiefs in this year, there were a lot of doubts throughout the year, and they still find a way to do it and still find a way to win the Super Bowl. But other than that, that's it for today. I'll be back next week. Uh, The Combine's next week, uh, or it might be in two weeks. I think it's one of these next two weeks, but I will definitely do something with that. So thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed.